Welcome to the Master Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Julie Kelly. I believe in living your most inspired and fulfilled life by knowing exactly who you are, knowing what's important to you, and making no apologies for it. This show is a weekly dose of inspired motivation, personal development, and success strategies designed to create the career, relationships, and lifestyle of your dreams. Imagine waking up every day to your dream life. Well, imagine no more, as each podcast episode is designed to help you live your most authentic life with ease and proven principles that actually get results. I'm the founder of the Master Your Life online course, international motivational speaker, and I'll be sharing real, relevant, tactical advice in this unfiltered, transformational podcast. Things are about to get fabulous. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi, and welcome to the Master Your Life podcast. I'm Julie Kelly, and I'm so glad that you decided to join me today. This is the podcast where we help you level up your career, level up your relationships, and level up your lifestyle so that you truly get to live your very best life on your terms. So today I want to talk to you about how to become more resilient in challenging times. And this is going to be a very raw, real, vulnerable conversation, if you like. And I want to make sure that you understand that everyone's got their own story. Everyone's going through their own challenges, whether it's now or in the past. And there's no doubt that the whole world is being challenged, right? We're, we're going through global pandemic crisis, people are being locked down, people are losing their jobs, kids can't go to school, you can't go to shops and the movie theater and you can't travel. Like it sucks. I get it, right? Like everyone's in a really tricky spot. So today's conversation is going to be about highlighting how we can become more resilient in these challenging times. And I'm going to share with you, like I said, this is going to be like a really open, raw, sort of vulnerable dialogue. I'm going to open up to you and share with you some of probably my most biggest challenges that I've experienced in my life. And I'm going to show you and share with you how I got over those challenges and how my life has become what it is. So, and there's a couple of different things that I truly believe are consistent in the way that I've been able to overcome my challenges. And I teach this and I'm going to teach it to you today so that you have some tools in your tool belt to deal with your current challenges, whatever they may be, okay? So the first challenge that I wanted to share with you, and it's probably one of the most significant, was when I was offered a job here in the United States when I was living back in Australia. And I was in my early 30s at the time, and I saw the opportunity and I understood what it all meant, but that, that really meant that I had to leave everything and everyone and everything that I knew back in Australia. I had to leave it all behind and literally just pack up my life in a couple of suitcases and head off and not know what's going to happen because I didn't know anybody in the United States. All I knew was that I had a job lined up and that was about it. I didn't know how to get around. I didn't know where I was going to live. I didn't even know where to live. So that was my very first challenge. And I remember being at Melbourne airport after you go through like the security doors 
and I'm checking in at customs or going through security, whatever it was. And I was just like bawling my eyes out. I was like crying and crying, like hysterically, right? Like quietly, but hysterically. <laughs> and the guy, the poor guy behind the counter is just looking at me. He's like, first time away from home. I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm just like crying like a baby. I was like, oh my God. But, um, you know, that was a massive undertaking for me to literally leave and go to a country that I've not been to before by myself and not know what was going to be on the other side of that choice was really huge. And, you know, I've talked to you about being courageous and taking courageous action. And this right here is the, like the epitome of taking courageous action, right? It is making a decision that you don't know what's going to happen on the other side of that decision. You don't know who's going to be there. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where you're going to live. You don't know if you're even going to make friends, right? So there were all these unknowns, all these question marks, but I had the courage to say yes to that opportunity and I went for it. Why? Even though it was extremely difficult, and it took me at least eight months to adjust to living in the United States. And it took me a couple of months to, you know, find just one or two serious girlfriends that I wanted to hang around with, you know, some, some decent folk. <laughs> um, it was difficult. There's no doubt. Everything in America was dif different and difficult because I think a lot of people assume that Australia and America are very, very similar. I can tell you right now, they are not. The only commonality that we share is that English is the first language. That's it. Everything else is different. I mean, everything. So I had to adjust to a new life, a new lifestyle and a new way of living and thinking and speaking and, and interacting with people and everything was different. But as challenging as that was, finding somewhere to live, making a new circle of friends, um, learning how to even go to like the social security office, even like um, putting petrol in my car was a challenge because in Australia, when you go to the gas pump, there are like three different hoses for three different types or grades of petrol or gas, right? In America, there's one hose, but there's like three or four different options. I was like, oh my God. And I'll never forget this. The first time I went to pump gas in my car, it says something like, you know, lift the nozzle and press the button for the type of gas that you want. And I was like, what button? Where are the buttons? Like, and I had to ask a girl that was pumping next to me. I was like, what, where are the buttons? What, where, what are they talking about? Kind of thing. And she literally looked at me like I had three heads and she goes, like, they're right there, like with attitude, you know, I was like, oh, okay. Because people in Los Angeles generally don't like to speak to other people, I found out. But, you know, just something as simple as that was like taken away from me and I had to like work it out. And so that was like one of my first challenges of like really being thrown into the deep end of the pool. And it's like, well, sink or swim, baby. <laughs> and so I've managed to swim right? Even though I felt like I was sinking a lot of the time, I managed to swim. And I think one of the biggest reasons why I managed to swim and I, I, belt, I, I was able to like build resiliency in that challenging time. And you have to understand that challenging time wasn't just going through the airport at Melbourne airport and getting on that plane. It was for years thereafter. It was because I kept on thinking about why, why I made that decision. 
why I was in the United States. And when I kept thinking about my why and looking at my future and understanding that I made this choice for my career, for my future to set myself up, it took away some of that angst and that anxiety and it built, it built res resiliency. And so that was, like I said, one of the first major things that happened to me. The second one was I was actually uh, involved in a pretty serious car accident caused by a speeding drunk driver that ran a red light. And that literally hit me out of nowhere. And that was a pretty traumatic and a pretty scary time, both physically and emotionally. And that again, took me a long time to get over. And even to this day, the, the mental scars and the emotional scars of that still live with me. Um, I am a terrible passenger, so don't ever have me in your car <laughs> because I still have that kind of PTSD about how it all happened. And there are certain triggers that trigger me, certain things that happen while driving that trigger me. And, and so, again, you know, this is a challenging physical and emotional time. I was taken to the hospital I, I lost my job. I couldn't work for a, a period of time and it took my body time to heal. You know, it's just the way it is. But, um, you know, I had to have faith in that moment that I was going to get better. I had to believe, even though I didn't feel like it, that I was going to heal. I had to trust in time. I had to trust that the human body would heal itself. And I had to have faith that my life, the version 2.0 would be okay. And I'd get a new job and I'd start over and, and things would be okay. But in the moment, it's very difficult, right? I remember having really dark, almost like catatonic days where I was just like tuned out. Like you could like jump up and down in front of me and I wouldn't even blink. I was that far and that deep into like a, a kind of a depression because everything I knew, everything I had was taken away from me because of the decision of one guy who decided to drink and drive, right? And so, again, you have all these um, emotions of anger and injustice and resentment, and it really started to take over me at some point. And then I had to realize that this was an opportunity. This was not a setback. It was an opportunity. And then what I realized was that every setback was setting me up for a comeback, right? And my comeback was even bigger and better than where I was prior to the accident. So that was the second thing. And the last challenge that I'm going to share with you is really personal and it's really emotional, but I'm going to share it with you because I think a lot of people, a lot of the women listening on this call, on this podcast can relate. And that is that uh, just over two years ago now, I had a miscarriage and uh, my fiance and I were trying for a while to have a baby and we finally fell pregnant and it was a complete surprise. I, I remember, you know, doing the pregnancy test at home and then seeing two lines for the first time. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, and then even Nick couldn't believe it. And we were like so excited. And, you know, the first trimester of my pregnancy was really difficult. Like I have a brand new, you know, respect for mothers and uh, pregnant women now, having gone through it myself. I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't move without wanting to be sick. I, I was like seriously nauseous 
24 seven. Um, it was awful. Like my, my, the first trimester of my pregnancy was really, really horrific. Um, and so when I miscarried, which was just after my first trimester, that was like taking a bullet, like everything else that I had experienced and every other challenge. And I, and I literally mean every single other challenge, not just the two examples I shared with you on the podcast today, but everything else like paled in comparison. And it's a very unusual sensation and feeling or group of feelings to have when you miscarry. And, um, I just remember feeling like a failure, you know, it was, I mean, and again, I'm sure there's a lot of women that can relate to this and those feelings didn't go away for a long time. And then there's the physical aspect, right. Of having to go through a procedure and all of that. It was, it was very traumatic um, physically, mentally, and emotionally. But again, I, I knew that I couldn't stay in that place. That headspace wasn't going to serve me. It was going to affect me even more physically and emotionally and mentally, potentially, right? If I stayed in that dark place and beat myself up and continuously like thought of myself as a failure. Um, and it wasn't going to help my relationship either. You know, Nick had his own series of feelings and emotions that he went through. And we knew that we had to be stronger together through this, right? We weren't going to be able to do this separately. It was, it was about us. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about him. It was about us. And so, again, I had to think about how, how did I become more resilient after that, that challenge? And the answer to that one was that I focused on what I had, not what I didn't have. Because at that point, it's so easy to focus on what you don't have and to focus on what you've lost and to blame the world and blame other people and just think about the injustice and how unfair it is. But I... I didn't want to go there. And so instead I focused on everything that I had and I focused on the fact that Nick and I had built this life and this lifestyle that we absolutely loved. We would always cross paths, you know, in the kitchen or what have you, or if we were traveling somewhere and we would always look at each other and say to each other, and sometimes at the same time, because we are that couple, <laughs> we would sometimes look at each other and say, gosh, I, I just love our life. I really love our life. And so I had to remind myself that whether we had a child or not, we really, really, really loved our life the way it was. And that's what I focused on. The fact that we had everything we needed and then some, and, you know, I truly believe that everything happens for a reason. And if we were to have a child and if it was meant for us, if it was part of our destiny, then it would happen. And we weren't going to force it. We weren't going to try and make things happen. We were just going to see what the universe decided for us. And so after another year or so of trying and not having any luck, we decided that we weren't going to have any children. And we were both totally okay with that decision. And even to this day, I can tell you that I'm totally okay with that decision. Why? Because of the three things that I truly believe Unnecessarily, unnecessary, sorry, to build resilience in any challenging moment or period or stage of your life are these three things. You need to have faith. You need to have faith that everything's going to work out. You need to have faith that everything happens for a reason. And no matter how difficult it seems in the moment, that it's going to be okay. Whatever the outcome is, 
there is a reason for that outcome. And you have to have faith and believe that everything's going to be the way it's supposed to be. The second thing to build resilience in challenging times, I believe, is like I said, to focus on what you have. Focus on everything that you have, every relationship, every material item, your home, your job, your finances, your family members, everything that you have, everything that you love about your life, focus on that. Do not spend any time focusing on what you don't have, what you wish you had, what you should have had, what should have come to you. Don't start shooting all over yourself, right? We don't want to do that because that doesn't change anything. And all we end up doing is throwing ourselves pity parties and playing the victim. And that victim mentality, I mean, I, I'll allow it for like a split kind of second, right? Because everybody has those moments where you've just got to lash out and vent and get it out. And I get that, right? But don't stay there. Just don't stay in that victim mentality mode because you're going to make yourself suffer and you're going to make everybody else around you suffer and potentially your relationships are going to suffer. And we don't want to compromise our relationships because of a period a passing moment in our lives because every single second that passes by in our lives is just a moment. Nothing is permanent. Every single day is just dynamic, right? And so I don't know what's going to happen in an hour's time, right? What happened yesterday is done. What's going to happen tomorrow? God only knows, right? So the second thing is to focus on what you have. And the third thing is to look towards your future and make plans that bring you closer to your future goals. If you can do those three things in a challenging time, then I promise you, you're going to start to build resilience. You're going to start changing your perspective. Your mindset is going to shift and you're going to become so much stronger mentally, which will help you deal with that challenging time emotionally, which will help your physical being as well and your physiology. So overall, mind, body, spirit, you're going to start to feel better. And not only that, you're going to put yourself in an energetic state to move forward and to start creating momentum and making plans and goals and taking courageous action towards those goals. So you start moving your life forward towards what you want rather than staying stagnant in what didn't come to fruition, right? And you know that it's so easy to stay stuck, to stay stagnant, to throw the pity party, to play the victim. And we all know people in our lives that basically live in that space like 24-7. And I'm going to ask you, how much time do you like spending with those people, right? It's probably not much. It shouldn't be a lot. If you're, you know, if you're spending your time around people that are bringing your head down, like the Debbie Downers, the negative Nancys, then you really need to start reassessing who you spend your time with, okay? Because life is short, life is precious, and we need to be able to spend our time around people that are either on the same level as us or playing you know, the game at a higher level so that we can be inspired and motivated to level up, right? And this is what this podcast is all about, leveling up. Wherever you're at today, tomorrow, you could be like one notch higher and the next day you could be two notches higher and so on and so forth in any and every aspect of your life. But you have to have faith. You have to take courageous action. You have to focus on the good, you know, focus on what you have. You have to live in gratitude 
and you have to look towards your future, not staying stuck in the past or stuck in the present either, right? So these are my three tips for you today about how to build resiliency and how to become a more resilient person in the face of your challenges. And so, like I said, no matter what it is that you're being faced with today, no matter what it is that is challenging in this, challenging you in this moment, know that you have everything you need already inside of you to beat this. You have everything that you need to become more resourceful, to find the answers that you need, to get the information that you need, to understand what the next two or three steps are that you need to take. It's all inside of you. You just need to tap into it because you are perfect the way you are and everything you need is in here and in here. It's in your mind and it's in your heart, it's in your soul. You just need to tap into that because you know the answers. You just need to take action, daily action to move yourself closer to a resolution of some sort. Okay. So my friends, I'm going to leave you with that today. If you enjoy today's podcast, please like the podcast, leave a comment, subscribe, rate and review the podcast. It would mean the world to me. Tell your friends about the podcast. If you know someone that's really struggling at the moment and needs to hear this message, tell them about the Master Your Life podcast, share them the link, do something, get them on board, get them listening to this episode. And I'll leave um, all the details in the show notes about how you can connect with me. If you want to go deeper with me, happy to do so. I know this is a heavy topic and I thank you for allowing me to be vulnerable with you today. I don't take it lightly. This is not the sort of stuff that I share with anybody, but I love you guys. I love my podcast listeners. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for supporting the podcast. And as always, I'm sending you much love, many blessings and a lot of strength. And I'll catch you all next week. Bye.